Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And, and this, this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. I think that was mine. Hi, it's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, the podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50 like us. Don't forget to rate, review, share with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 or email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what topic you'd like us to tackle next. And don't be shy because you know that we're not. This is a judgment-free zone and we're always happy to hear from you. So this week's topic is massive because of the extent to which it impacts our daily and nightly lives as midlife and 50-ish women. Trisha's got the biggest smile. <laughs> you always say that. I know, but it's true. <laughs> Whenever I'm smiling. doing these introductions. Yes, we're talking sleep, that activity we once took for granted that now seems to completely elude us. For 50 sake, can we not just close our eyes and wake up in the morning? Like, Seriously. what is the big deal? So today we are thrilled to have as our guest, Shay Morrison. Shay is a sleep expert on a mission, which is to deliver a better natural night's sleep for everyone. She's the founder of Collaborative Media Group and co-founder of The Goodnight Co and the mother of two children. So she knows firsthand how challenging it can be to prioritise sleep when life, family, work, and let's face it, hormones get in the way. 
Shay founded the Goodnight Co. in 2015 with her best friend, Danielle Knight, and the company has developed effective, evidence-based ways to fall asleep, stay asleep and manage inevitable sleep disruptions. Welcome, lovely, awesome Shay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so nice to have you. Now, this fun fact, Shay and I used to work together 20 years ago. 20 years and, ago. And, uh, yes. Yeah. I know, but we time. didn't. Yeah. Haven't seen you for twenty years. Haven't seen you for twenty years. And I was going. And oh, haven't I think changed. I know Shay Morris. I think I know. I bet you didn't have any sleep issues back then. I had no sleep <laughs> no. issues. None of us had well, sleep issues. We did issues. have a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> Radio in that era was a lot of fun. It was. Yes. Mm. Shay, I feel like sleep is one of those topics we could spend just about all day talking about. But um, I just want to get down to basics to begin with, and I want you to tell us the story behind your decision. To become a sleep expert, what yeah. led you? <laughs> well, I am somebody who has always loved sleep. So it's been a, it has actually always been a priority for me and I'm somebody who needs sleep. So starting a, a company that focuses on sleep, I guess, isn't that unusual. I was the person who would want to count backwards before I went to bed to work out that I was going to get enough sleep, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's called backward mapping as yes. a teacher. Oh, <laughs> very well done. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's what I did. Um, and so when I, um, you know, as Trish alluded to, I spent a lot, of, a lot of time in radio and then moved on when I had my children, that sleep became even more important in a very different way. And I guess I was finding that I was kind of transitioning through your life and radio wasn't really going to work for me anymore with having a family and trying to do everything. And I've always been entrepreneurial and so had different businesses while working and, and doing different things. And Danielle and I were tossing around, not really wanting to go back to our corporate jobs after having children as a lot of people do, we sort of fell into this space around sleep, but it was more the luxury side of things as we, when we first started, which was just the silk pillowcases and eye masks and then really researching and delving into it. And it was really on the cusp of when sleep became a priority for people. Ariana Huffington launched a book called The Sleep Revolution and we jumped on the back of that with her and she used our products um, throughout the States when she was launching that book. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, so it kind of really launch pad. It was a launch pad into the sleep side of things, not just the little piece of luxury. So then we started doing a whole pile of research, working with lots of scientists and different experts in categories around how can we provide products that help people get a better night's sleep and really understanding why sleep is important. So we're not in the space of the medical devices and, and in, in that really heavy space from a doctor-based side of things, but more of the natural things that can support people because really it comes down to creating a routine. If you can create a routine, then you can pretty much, you know, really get on track with. Shay, we're in the age group, a lot of our 50-ishers tribe and, um, you know, menopause, perimenopause. Now, that can really affect and have a huge impact on sleep and sleep routines. So in your studies, um, can you give us some advice, some tips on how that does affect it, why and, and what we can all do? Absolutely. We had a, a bit of a chat beforehand and we were talking about this whole topic of menopause and it's becoming, you know, it's always been around and every female that we know is going to go through it in some way, shape or form. And it's probably been a topic a bit like periods that nobody really wants to talk about, so but true. has now become way more acceptable to talk about. And I that think is that, absolutely true because yeah. I know, you know, my mum's day, we used to call them the visitors and, yes. you know, there was all these different words. That's what my mum yeah. used to yeah. call you got your visitors. <laughs> <laughs> or if you just feel like, are you on the rags? <laughs> 
I know. Yeah, that was a but, bad one. but I do agree. Like, I know my daughter and her friends are so much more open, and, and her conversation with me is so much more open and honest yeah. about periods. And I think when we were in that stage, we didn't really even understand a lot of what was going on, and we just knew we got them. Yeah. And then we had them and then, you know, that was it. Whereas now there's so much education on it, which is really helpful for people. And I think that this is translated into, in that hormonal conversation, into menopause now being way more acceptable to talk about. That's an interesting point. My mum didn't ever talk about menopause. No. She toughed it out. Yeah. I remember watching her fan herself, you know, <laughs> dramatically, like when she was having a hot flush, but she just dealt with it. You know, she just dug her heels in. And it's not like my mum, like my mum's a real softy. She's a very gentle person, but she just toughed the whole thing out. So we never talked about her menopause journey. No. And I think that baby boomer era are very stoic and Mm, very strong. And the generation before them would have brought them up because they would have been a war generation. Yeah. So they would have been, you just get on with it. Just do it. And yeah. do it. And there was also probably a lot less conversation happening though. You know, you, you, there wasn't, you couldn't just jump online and find out a piece of information, you know. <laughs> no, right. so Google, it, it was, it no, was yeah. you know, conversation was required. So therefore it wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah. and I, want to talk we're definitely, our generation, much open, much, I know I am an oversharer. And I think the conversation is really flowing and women are happy to go, this is what's happening with me, show a bit of vulnerability and therefore it's better for all of us because we're having the conversations that need to be had. Absolutely. Which is what we're doing right now. Yes. So back to you, Shay. (laughs) Back to you, Shay. (laughs) And with, I think, menopause, you know, I think one of the things that through the research that we've been doing is that a lot of people are out, not across the fact that it's not just menopause, that perimenopause is probably the really big piece in the conversation that if you're not across it, maybe just do some research and start talking to people because perimenopause is where it all happens. Yeah. You know, menopause is defined as the 12 months where you have last bled. Mm. So that de- that's that defining moment of the menopause pause. Um, and whereas per- perimenopause is where we're getting the hot flushes, the mood changes, maybe snoring, impact on sleep enormously. 40% of women will have sleep issues when they go through this stage. And it can last for some women, I hate to say this, 10 to 12 years. The yep. average is probably five to six, but you know, 10 to 12, it's a long time to, to be highly symptomatic. Highly it's symptomatic. A, it's a long time. And yeah. people's mm. symptoms can be so varied because yeah. I've been for the blood test for all the hormones and yep. they say, you know, you've got the hormones of a teenager. I'm like, mm. Sure. But then I get the hot sweats. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get, well, I've always had the cloudy memory. <laughs> so maybe I can't play that. That could be from something yeah. else. I oh, know, right? <laughs> Too many brain cells killed over the years. <laughs> but all the other symptoms, like they talk about, we were talking before about the menopausal flood. You know, I yeah. was in a, in a nail bar getting my nails done and then white jeans and all of a sudden could just feel it. Like I, I ended up having to get a marina put in yeah. to slow it down because, you know, you would just feel this huge gush and yeah. almost walk like you felt like a uterus was going to fall out. <laughs> yes, Dom said to me once, why are you walking like that? I said, I feel like my uterus is going to fall out. <laughs> and these are things that happen, you know, yeah. and I think that as well as this, this is where we need to 
be really across individually what's going on for us because we're the only ones. It's a very personal. So with sleep, it's very personalised and the same when it comes to hormones. And so it's so important that you know your body and know what's going to happen or or, or research and get some understanding on it so that you can help yourself. And if that is going and getting a marina and that works for you, go and do it. If you feel like you need some, you know, hormone replacement therapy, treatment, even, it's you know, it's so controversial and people are either very pro or very, you know, against it. But if it works for you, then go and do it because that will help. I think the thing with that too is technology or not necessarily technology but science has come so far and there's still the stigma carried on from the 70s or early 80s when women were concerned about cancer and estrogen and whatnot. But now that they know that if they measure it out or balance it out with the progesterone and and the other hormones that, and if you don't have those markers or precursors that it may be a problem for, then it's not a problem. Because I know I did go on for a while. I saw a menopause doctor and I did go on the estrogen cream, but then my boobs got really big and sore. Mm. So I was thinking, well, that's too much estrogen. So, you know, it really is trying. And that's what we're saying. It's personalised. So it's working it all out. And going and getting, um, you know, if you're somebody who is interested in getting some more information, getting some blood tests. So there's this fabulous test called the Dutch hormone test. Is that what you got? I'm not sure, but I've heard of that The Dutch hormone test, which is is really big in the US. There's not many practitioners in Australia that do it, but Carissa Mason from the JCN Clinic in Brisbane can facilitate that. She's my nutritionist and naturopath. She's fantastic. The it's you know it's a little bit expensive, but it's absolutely worth it because it's the most comprehensive hormone test that Sign you can me get. Up. And yeah. and and it helps. It really helps yeah. you to get an understanding of what's going on because it's yours. It's not just this generic. Yes. Oh, you go and go and do this. Mm. Yeah. So with the um, heavy symptoms that we were talking about before in menopause, which are wide and varied and very individual, are there, bearing that in mind, are there some generalised things we can or you can suggest for our audience for sleep? Like when it gets, you know, to sleep and how I've been there like years with bad, bad sleep. I mean, I'm not a great sleeper anyway. And then or during that uh, perimenopausal time, it was absolutely horrendous. So, yeah. okay, for all of those 50-ish women that are there or 40-ish women that are there, you know, in, at that stage, what can you recommend? Midlife women. Midlife. midlife. Yeah, <laughs> let's go midlife. And, yeah. that's, and, you know, I'm 43 and I think that's another interesting thing to talk about is that it, it can start early. So if you're my mother and my grandmother went through menopause in their early 40s, so that's it gets very hereditary in terms of your yep. family mapping. So really looking at what that looks like for you and that's something that's definitely happening for me now. And so when it comes to sleep in general, you can apply some of the same rules and it's really understanding how much sleep, you know, mapping it out and working out over even a five or seven day period, maybe longer. If you get X amount of sleep, how do you feel? Because when it comes to sleep, it actually starts in the morning. So the way that you set your morning impacts your nighttime and how much sleep you're going to get. So if you can get into a really good routine where you're waking up at the same time every morning, which is important, going to bed at the same time every night. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, sure, you're going to have some times where that's not always possible, but yeah. that's the general rule. Getting up in the morning and getting a hit of sunlight first thing, doing a little bit of exercise if you can fit it in, but setting the circadian rhythm by the natural light. So when you wake up walking outside, if you don't have natural light in your house and getting that 
hit of sunlight to your eyes can really help set your circadian rhythm, which helps. It's your internal body clock, which works on a 24-hour cycle. So having your circadian rhythm set in the morning can really help you in all of your hormone regulation throughout the day. I did not know that. Through the night. So how long do you have to be out in the sunlight? Three minutes. Okay. And all of these things are free. And everybody yeah. can do them. <laughs> so they're not things that, yeah. you know, people go, I can't afford to do that. Well, Jump you can, out of you bed, can, you can open the it. curtains, yeah. throw open those block out blinds back, ladies. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, just set that circadian rhythm and just take a few deep breaths to really um, help regulate those feelings of overwhelm because as well, um, you know, as this, this time of change that you're going through, anxiety is probably something that could be playing a role. That's definitely a symptom, stress, anxiety, depression, that comes out in the mood swing changes around the hormones. So if you can try and control that in the morning, not only is it going to set you up for a great day, but then it's really going to help you at night time. So we want to be trying to go to bed around the same time every night. But as I was saying, mapping it out and just working out for you, you know, for, for both of you, you might only need six or seven hours. I know I need eight. And I just know that when I wake up the next morning, I've had those eight, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes a difference to me. So if you, there are things, these are the small things that you can do to make the changes to help you through this this period. Yeah. It's interesting that um, that morning routine is so important for your sleep. Yes. It's not, actually not something that I'd really considered, apart from the exercise one. I mean, I'm yeah. a big exerciser mm-hmm. and I do believe that because it does help me sleep yes. as a bad sleeper. But um, the other things, no. Yeah, and they're free, staying hydrated, having a really balanced, healthy diet. I mean, they're all the things that we know and are sometimes really hard to do. But if you can just make a list of the three things that you can do and, you know, just creating a little bit of mindfulness, it all sounds a bit kind of, oh, that all sounds wonderful and it's really hard, but it's actually not. So if you can, it's all about sticking to a routine and it's sort of that golden rule, start with seven days, get to 21 and hopefully it's become a habit it's testing it. So it's working out what works as we're coming back to this whole personalized approach. If you really want to get through this period in a, in a kind of, you know, seamless way, these are the things that you can do. Staying hydrated is really important as well. Flushing all of the toxins out of your system. So again, they're all simple free things to do. You don't need to go and spend a fortune, but these are some of the things that you could start with. Shay, what does your nighttime routine look like, like when you're getting ready Yeah, the sleep expert? Well, mine starts in the morning. So I definitely, you know, I wake up, I do exercise in the mornings. If I don't, I try to do in the afternoon. So exercise for me is just a, a little thing that I need. I'm not a mad gym goer or anything like that, but I enjoy walking and that's, you know, I try to do that. One of the things that I have done the Dutch hormone test and for me, it's about fasting in the morning, which definitely helps me Bizarrely, it took me a while to get into, but it definitely helps my clarity during the day um, until lunchtime. And then I always get natural sunlight in the morning. Mm. And then in the evening, it's all about the wind down. So for me, one of the big things is light. Again, this is another thing that's free that you can implement. But light is a little bit of the killer when it comes to sleep. And this is all light. So we talk a lot, there's a lot of press around blue light, but it's actually all light. So the lights in your house at nighttime, they're stopping the hormone melatonin from being released, which is the hormone that makes you feel sleepy. Amazing. So if I didn't know that either. Yeah. And and it doesn't get explained. It's really simple. Yeah. And so we're in a world now where we're surrounded by light. 
You know, yeah. if you're working in the in an in an envi- office environment, you're in fluoro lights all day. You come home on the bus or in your car. The cars have so many lights, lights on them these days. They so pop out underneath. They come, you know, everywhere. And then we walk into these houses that are full of lights. Yep. And so dimming the lights is my thing. Leaving the lights on until dinner, and then after dinner, the switch. You know, it's just going around, turning lights off, dimming lights. So dimmable switches are fantastic. Brilliant. You can get even the taking out. notes. Girls, get the candles out. <laughs> Mel oh. loves to take notes. I mentioned that yeah. she'll be taking notes. That's deep Trina. Well, and you can get these great little. If you know, if you don't want to go to the expense of getting dimmable lights on your on everything, you can just get these brilliant little Arlec plug-in lights from Kmart. They're $7 and they're censored and they just come, you know, so leaving those in the bathroom so that if you do have to get up in the middle of the night, because that is something that happens during this menopausal stage Mm. as well, often for for women, it's a change, Mm. then have those lights on in your bathroom or in your hallway so that you're not um, turning all the lights on. Especially when you get up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and you don't get that bright light hit. Yeah. Yeah, that's I just stumble around in the dark, I must admit. <laughs> I just take my chances. <laughs> and stub a toe. Yeah. <laughs> I know that track so well now. I've got it down pat. That is um, fascinating. Actually, I, um, I mean, my sleep ended up so bad that I was taking melatonin yeah. at one stage, which really did help. Yeah. It really helped. And, you know, just having a really stressful year last year for a number of reasons, the melatonin just helped me get into that restful state because it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah, you end up, you know, sort of suffering a bit of insomnia because it did go on for weeks and weeks. Yeah. And I know that from listening to yeah. one of your episodes on your podcast. So it's just such an interesting topic and it's so important because if you are sort of fumbling through life sleep deprived, it's not a happy place. No. And it can change. If you can get good sleep, it could change the, the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a big statement. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. makes things yeah. so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you and and you don't know it. Like a lot of people who are really sleep deprived and struggling with insomnia, and the definition of insomnia can be that you're not getting good sleep after just two or three weeks. So mm. you know, if if you're that person, then you then going and getting some advice, yeah. and you know whether that's with your GP or going and seeking a, a group of people to help you mm. is a great place to start. I also have this fabulous Aura Ring, which is a sleep tracking device. So if you're really deciding that you want to get serious about it, there's lots of trackable devices and wearables and things that you can use. This is the most scientifically proven and they have a new one that's coming out in a couple of weeks that also tracks your periods and helps with things other than just sleep. And so overlaying all of that data is a great place because then you can really look at how many hours am I getting? Am I getting deep sleep? Am I getting REM sleep? Am I getting my light sleep? Am I restful? Um, You know, what's happening? Where are my sleep disturbances? And that's if you want to get really serious about it. Yeah, see, that's just giving me, I've shut down. It's giving me anxiety. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, too much, too too much, too much. (laughs) Become too obsessed. You get a bit obsessed. I have to take it off sometimes and not wear it. Yeah. A little bit of obsession. But for some, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. So getting back to the menopause and the sleep thing, which we're so interested in, or perimenopause and being highly symptomatic, how do you deal with the night sweats? What are some some tips that you can give um, us and our listeners about the night sweats? I think when it comes to night sweats, if you think about it, your body is heating up you know, you're burning. So finding something cooling is really important. We do have a product at the Good Night Co, which are menopause, our menopause homeopathic drops, which do help with the night sweats. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at a formulation of a product at the moment, which is a spray to really help with that cooling side of, side of things, but avoiding some certain things as well. 
So here we go. You know, sugar, alcohol, alcohol <laughs> chocolate, <laughs> all of those things that burn you up. Hot tea. <laughs> yeah. So okay. it is, and you know, definitely the alcohol. I think if you're a wine drinker, I hate to say it, but um, even having a play around with that, I'm not saying don't drink mm. at all, um, but playing around with what you are drinking because wine can definitely bring that that problem on in a in a more ferocious way. So looking at how you could swap that out for something else. Um, like if you, what? Well, maybe going for something like a gin, okay. using a gin and, and just a soda. So maybe avoiding or vodka and soda. So avoiding the sugar as well. Yep. That could definitely help from a, that side of things. Yeah, I've found that with me and I've worked that out over the last few years. Wine also plays havoc with anxiety. So yeah. my anxiety was getting really quite fierce. And after a night of drinking wine, I would always wake up at about two o'clock in the morning to three with top shelf anxiety going through, oh my God, what have I done? What I didn't do? What have I, you know, what have I got on my plate? What have I got to get sorted? Like, and I would have to say to myself, this is all going to be okay in the morning. You just need to sleep. It is just alcohol. It's your body processing the sugar and the preservatives. You just need to go back to sleep. So finally, I've stopped drinking as much wine yeah. as drinking. <laughs> Stop drinking. <laughs> I think about it. My, my children laugh because I always go, I'm, this is the year that I'm going to stop drinking. They go, Mum, you always say that. I go, yes, but one year it really will happen. <laughs> You're um, but I find that, you know, if I drink a good champagne that's fermented yeah. in the bottled, bottle, like that method traditional, mm. and I've now started drinking um, the vodka, mm. but with no preservatives, mm. with ginger and lime and just all natural. Yeah. And I feel so much better. I sleep better. I don't wake up at that time. And my yeah. anxiety the next morning is much less. Yeah. So if, if that, and if you can Depending do that. on how much I've done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. still an element because I don't have a very good off button. Yes. <laughs> no, we, we, we know. We don't. <laughs> and we love you for it. Oh, yes. It's just so much fun. But I think that so, in that, with that then, it's if, you know, coming back to that sleep tracker. So if this is something that you really want to look at doing just for this period of time, then having a play around with um, not drinking the alcohol, not drinking any alcohol, substituting what you're drinking, looking at when you're eating your last meal. Because if you think about food and alcohol, so even looking at the types of food that you're eating, maybe spicy things don't agree with you. Maybe you need to be on a low FODMAP diet. Like, you know, there are so many different elements here. But I think that if you can track it and really look at it as well, because the trouble is, is that when we go to sleep, our body is doing the most remarkable restoration of everything in our our cells and our organs. And it's cleansing all of the the, the little nasty things in our brain cells and, and all of that. Like it's doing an amazing job. If we've overlaid that with too much sugar, too much food, too much alcohol, it's too busy processing all of that through our liver to be able to do the things that it's supposed to be to doing. To do all the repair work. Actually, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, you know, and that often for me, I know that if I have fallen into that category, then I don't get good deep sleep. And the deep sleep is where the restorative work is happening. Mm-hmm. So this is why it, it might just be interesting if you are interested in looking at tracking your sleep, working out where, because if you can get the, the deep sleep that you need, an hour to an hour and a half every night, that's when you're going to feel wake up feeling amazing too. Mm. Yeah, that's, um, that's so interesting, isn't it? Is there a, an optimal time? So if you were going to have a glass of wine, so say you were out for dinner and you were going to have a glass you of wine. You definitely there... want to keep this wine in your routine, <laughs> don't you? I do. Can you tell? A little. I was talking to Trish about this before you got in here, I really love wine. 
<laughs> really, it makes food taste better. I really just love wine. It's really, really <laughs> Sorry, I'm oh, spilling dear. a secret. Everyone thinks she's oh an alcoholic. Yeah. So, but is there, okay, so should it be like you have your last glass of wine like two hours before bed or three hours before bed? Does that make sense? So if yeah. you go out for dinner at seven and you, you're having your meal at eight, do you, does that make sense? Like is it there does. an optimum and amount look, of time? There is an optimum amount of time essentially, mm. but it will depend on you and your body. But in the reality of things, if we're looking at shutting down screen time two hours before bed, if we're, you know, looking at eating two hours before we go to bed, it really fits into that whole rule as well. If you can try and do that or, or if on, on the weekend, maybe it's also swapping rather than going out for dinner, going out for lunch. That's hard for lots of people. But doing that and so having your glass of wine during the day mm. and it's out of your system by the time you're going to bed. Which puts me to sleep. Yeah, in the I afternoon, know. I know. I know. Oh my god! It. It's you a do nightmare, fall isn't it? into but an alcohol-induced yeah, yeah. coma, but then you wake up. <laughs> you can't get back to sleep, and then you're wide awake yeah. for hours and hours and hours. What a drama! So, can you give us some tips uh, to sleeping with a partner? Mm. So, I, for example, I sleep with a human furnace, and so do he I. Is, an enormous human. Yeah, so he's do a I. big man, and he's <laughs> tall, and so he sleeps across the bed. I mean, that's getting really personal, but he. Generally Generates a lot of heat. So between us, we're a bit of a nightmare. I'm thinking about <laughs> Megan McCarthy and bridesmaids and her slapping her thighs. <laughs> Do you feel the heat from my undercarriage type heat? Are we talking about that heat or a different heat? No, a different heat, love. <laughs> we're talking about sleep. <laughs> and you're not. You're going there, Trish. Well, I your just, mind's you know, going down that's the gutter. Where it goes. And I'm I'm up here on your pedestal, with Shay, talking about uh, make talking sure about that sleep. halo doesn't choke you, darling. <laughs> It's really so, hard. Yeah, partner sleeping yeah, is partner difficult. Sli- yeah. I can quickly tell you a story just from my last night's sleep. My husband got home, went to the Caxton Christmas party last night and he got home very late and he is a hot furnace as well okay. and snores and oh. deep breaths. And this morning's <clears throat> conversation, like many, is that when you're coming you need to go and sleep in a different room. Yeah. Like that's the reality. Okay. And yep. So bottom line, it's... And, that, you go. and people think that that sounds horrible, but you're you're never going to get a good night's sleep, even if you're in a king size, yeah. triple queen, king size, whatever it is. Yep. it's not going to happen. Yeah. So the sleep disturbances, if that is a problem for you, you really need to consider. And it might not be for the long term. It might might not be every night. But sleeping in separate rooms, it doesn't mean that you're never going to have sex again. Yeah. It just means that you really need to get good sleep for this period of your time. And I know um, women who, you know, so. Another thing that happens during this stage is that you can become a snorer. So mm. if you're somebody who all of a sudden is, um, you know, becoming a snorer as the the female, not the male, <laughs> then that can cause problems too. And, you know, I know women who are choosing to sleep in, in different beds because it's just not good for anybody. Yeah. Yep. So you My do husband's just, a snorer and yeah. I am a strong believer in the noise-cancelling headphones, yeah. either they're yeah. AirPods or I even sleep with so big ones. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you sleep you with headphones on? Yeah, all the time. And sometimes they get tangled around my neck. <laughs> Normally the Apple AirPods yeah. and you'll wake up and like one will one's... be in the bed and one will be in the pillow or one will be on the floor, but they put sleep meditations in. Because Gordo okay, snores. Yeah. He calls it a little rattle, but it's like. Oh, yeah, it's not. It's like train. a train. And it is. So if that works for you, then, yeah. then do it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I have changed rooms on yeah, occasions. Yeah. If the, you know. and, but I know women during this stage that have moved rooms 
yep. you know, to, to yep. sleep in. And and if we go back to, you know, in um, royal times, yes. the queen and the king sleep in separate rooms. Even you know? under, yes. what is it, the House of Cards yeah. and um, they, they, the President of the United States, they had different bedrooms. Yeah, and there's nothing that wrong happens. with it. You no. can still come together yeah. and, in, and have the time that you yeah. need. And, and then and just then do just, a Western roll out. And you're and done. Off you know? to you. Yeah. yeah. Off to you. Yeah, so, your own bed. <laughs> but it, it, it would also be worthwhile if you do have that partner who, you know, is a really big snorer, is getting a sleep study done. Uh, sleep apnea? House. Well, it's in, in your house. So you, there's a couple of different levels of, of studies that you can get, so either in clinic or at your home. Yes. And it would be worthwhile if that was an ongoing issue because sleep apnea, you know, if you do have a sleep apnea problem, if you can get on top of it, that can also change your life. Yeah. Because um, yeah, that's sure. really quite common. It's yeah. one of those common things that isn't diagnosed as much. Yes, definitely. So in, in-house, in-room, in-home, sleep studies. Yeah. Shay, I've been listening to some of the episodes on your podcast and you talk about creating a sleep sanctuary. So can you explain that mm. to us? What is a sleep sanctuary? What does it look like? Because it sounds amazing. It sounds so beautiful, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, really. Well, really when it comes down to it is that in your bedroom, you really need your bedroom to be just for sleep and sex. So it's actually really simple. Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking, oh, oh that means I've got to get rid of the telly, don't I? Yes, you do, definitely. Anything. I'm picturing Gordo and I there on our separate iPads with our headphones on. <laughs> so intimate. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone. I'm not even watching the same show together, having any dialogue, (laughs) completely separate lives. (laughs) I think this is what's going on, you know. And um, but really, separating devices out of your bedroom is key. So Mm -hmm. electronics and devices, having that beautiful sleep sleep sanctuary. So making sure that when you think about going to bed and you think about your bedroom, that it evokes a beautiful feeling of calm. So that might be coming down to the colour that you've painted your room, minimal furniture, minimal furnishings, things that so you can't collect a lot of dust. So you want something that is easy to clean because when it comes to sleep as well, a big issue can be around dust mites and, and dust in general. So keeping a clean space um, so that you don't have to, you know, move things around and, and whatever. So it's it's an interesting time because a lot of people working from home who might live in apartments and not have a big space to work, if you do have to do that, then it's just creating a little separation where your desk might be in your bedroom, mm-hmm. using all of the senses. So like we talked about before, creating that beautiful ambient light so that you don't have the bright lights, thinking about smell. So can you use an essential oil diffuser um, to... Know, diffuse some beautiful, calming um, lavender, frankincense-based oils. You might use a sleep mist. So thinking about the things that sort of cover off all of the senses, making sure that you do have blockout curtains because we want as minimal light as possible when we go to sleep. And if that's also not achievable, you can use um, a sleep Eye mask. masks. Yeah. I used those for years when I was flying. Yeah. Like being a shift worker. Yeah, it works really well. So well. So Mm. again, it's not like we're saying, go and spend a fortune doing all these things. There are lots of free alternatives to doing it, but thinking about it and putting it into practice, making sure that you've done a spring clean. We're still in spring and if you haven't done one, do a spring clean. Taking off all your dunas, if you're living in Queensland, you probably would be anyway, but making sure that they're all aired and that you're, you know, washing your linen regularly, changing your pillow every 
at least 24 months. So I know, you know, go into lots of baby boomer generations and oh, they've yes. had pillows for 20 years. I know. Um, and they need to be thrown in the bin and burned. I was mentally scarred from an episode <laughs> of Oprah once and they did this test on the mattresses and the pillows, yeah, this yeah. dust mite. And oh, skin. my God. Our, our skin sheds. <laughs> Even it's talking revolting. about it now, I'm getting that dry reaching feeling. It Absolutely. was just disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, really thinking about what all of that. So if you have a pillow and you know, you don't remember when you bought it, throw it out and go and get a new one tomorrow. Oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> going to stop it. I'm stopping on the way home. Um, and, you know, thinking about the sorts of you know, bedding that you're using. Good night, Co. We do sell sleep um, pillow, um, sleep. We do sell sleep. We sell silk <laughs> pillowcases. Um, and the reason, the benefit also, if we sort of dovetail back into the perimenopause and menopause um, side of things is that Silk is a natural fibre, so it's a protein. It's not. It's very different to cotton. So sleeping on cotton, even though cotton is a beautiful fabric, it does draw the moisture from your skin, whereas silk actually hydrates, leaves your skin feeling hydrated because there's a barrier there and it's a protein-based. So there is a, a benefit. Um, it definitely helps with temperature fluctuations. So from the, the sweating, the high temperature, it's a temperature regulator as well. So just thinking wow. about the types of fabrics that That's you're using in your bedroom. Mm. Does, it, yeah. does it deal with wrinkles? Do well, we have, it, it helps with it. sleep creases. Yeah. Sleep creases. Yes. Sleep creases. Yes. You know, just oh, the yeah. little ones that you might wake up yeah. with. <laughs> little ones. <laughs> little ones. <laughs> So I wonder if that would work with silk sheets. I always find silk sheets too slippery. Too slippery. It's interesting. I had had this conversation with a friend. She was trying to. She wanted to buy some for her friend who's struggling with hot flushes, and um, they're very expensive. Um, so you know, I priced them for her the other day, and they were a thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. So I think that they could work and they're not – so when I think we think of silk sheets, we think of satin. So they oh, are very silky awful. and they're horrible. Yes. They don't breathe. They definitely don't get satin. Uh, no. But I think that silk sheets, uh, they've come a long way and there are some that aren't so silky, but they're just really expensive. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And then the washing. And the washing, yeah. Mm. So the laundering of it. So you're better off maybe looking at silk pyjamas. Ah, that's a good um, idea. So that you're, you know, and, you know, in living in Queensland – you know, I know this is national podcast, but in those warmer environments, we don't need, you know, we don't need to have lots of bed covers in summer. No, so no. looking at what, removing as much as you can. And quite often we'll have air conditioning on yeah. in the bedroom. Yeah. I love nothing more than an Arctic room with blockout blinds. Well, oh, the temperature should be, and, so coming yeah. to that point though, the temperature yeah. should be, the optimal temperature is between 18 and 22 degrees. Oh, 19 is Because kind my of, husband comes in and goes, you should turn the Air conditioning. Sorry, Gordo, to use that voice. It's <laughs> <laughs> your Gordo voice. That's so cool. <laughs> My husband comes in and he, he says, says Darling, yeah. I really think we should keep the air conditioning on 23 and 24. That's when it works at its optimal. And I said, Well, I work at my optimal when it's 18 to 22. And, and if we're in this, this stage of our life, then yeah. go with the cooler temperature. It's definitely going to help you. Thank you. Mm. Yes. Shay. Okay. <laughs> you can say, you can say, Gordo, that, Shay said. That fact alone has made my day, ladies. Yep. And if there's some out, out there who also fight over the air conditioning control, we do that. At in hotel rooms, he'll walk in, he'll turn it up, he'll walk out, I'll turn it down constantly. Well, Go 19, to the toilet in the middle of the night. 19 degrees. Up and down, up and down. 19. Okay. 19. That's yeah. fresh. Done. It is. Nice. Yeah. Fresh. Nice. Yeah. Fresh. Shay, thank you so much for yeah. coming in and talking to us today. That was fascinating. Same thing. I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Like so I feel like we could deep dive on about 
10 different topics that we've talked about today. That was just completely awesome. And I think just to leave people with it, it it is that hope, you know, the hope that we haven't provided overwhelm, but I think some great places to start is really getting some research around the topic of both sleep, if if that's not something that you're delving into, and also around this perimenopause and menopause, doing some research for yourself, going and getting a support team of people, and that might include your GP, an integrative health specialist, naturopath, nutritionist, whoever that might look like for you, um, and creating that support network and then, you know, making some of these, doing the checklist and, and you know, tracking your sleep for a period of time and working out what's going to work best for you and then really trying to stick with it because a lot of people will, um, you know, write into us and they say, oh, I tried that for a night yeah. and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and my hot flush is I tried that once. <laughs> yeah. And it's never going to. This yeah. is a long-term decision, um, yep. you know, like giving up alcohol. Yes. Um, it's a long-term decision. It's like, it's like if you want to live your best, opt- most optimal life, yeah. sleep is is up there. It's the third pillar of health, right alongside diet and exercise. That's another and whole episode. I, it's wanted, a whole to, oh, episode. I wanted to get into that yes. today, but we have completely run out of time, which yes. is and so as annoying. you said before, everyone is different. Yes. And if, if you're not addressing these issues now, it's going to come to a stage where you don't have a choice. Your body's going to make you Absolutely. address these issues. Through any kind of major heart illness, disease, yeah. illness, etc. So getting on top of it early and Doing the preventative can be a great place to start. Amazing. Love that. To find out more about Shay and The Good Night Co, go to our show notes and I would also highly recommend listening to her podcast, The Good Night Show. So remember, 50-ish tribe, life is for living. It's time to be kind and look after ourselves. Do whatever we want and don't give a 50 because we are all awesome regardless of age and living is an absolute privilege. Thanks, Shay. Thank so you. lovely to reconnect. Thanks for having me. Just make sure you get good night's sleep. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> With your hot furnace of a man. <laughs> <laughs> They're both going to kill you. Poor yeah. Mark. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.